0: You've tuned in to Sci-Fi Fidelity, episode 81, The Expanse Interview.
1: Well, welcome back, everybody, to the podcast. It's Mike and Dave with you here once again with an interview edition. It's been a while since we've done one of these, but this one's really kind of been a buildup, Dave, because we've had our expanse giveaway for the art and making of the expanse from Titan books and just timed it perfectly with our interview with Dominique Tipper and Naren Shankar of the expanse season four is about to come up in December. So kind of a perfect storm here.
0: Yeah. Cause I don't want to say that the interview is secondary to the drawing, but <laughs> uh, I mean, we know kind of what, is going to unfold with the interview not so the drawing yeah exactly
1: so we're about to pull the names for the three winners of our giveaway and thank you to the many many people we we got uh just a great number of people more than i expected certainly to enter the contest and so it made it very exciting we got a few new followers on twitter and we got a few new members of our facebook group as well so worked out nicely in that respect so we're going to get into our interview with Niran Shankar and Dominique Tipper. And if, in some cases, I think it'll make the people who didn't win feel better because they will have that to look forward to. <laughs> so here we go. I'm going to spin this little wheel, this website that I have found that helps me pick random names. And we're going to go ahead and click the button here.
0: What can't you find on the internet these days?
1: <laughs> exactly. All right, here it goes. It's slowing down. And our first winner is... Desert Granite from Twitter, his name is Andrew. Andrew says his answer for the, uh, the favorite character is absolutely Alex. He holds together the ship with optimism and perseverance. However, how many men also undergo a version of his choice between space and his family as we struggle to find our calling? He is a reflection of the lives of family men. What a great answer there, uh, Andrew. That's actually mirrored a little bit in the interview that we have for you. Uh, We ask a little bit about uh, character backstories. So, yeah, Alex is a great one uh, and not a common one. Dave, do you have a guess as to who was the most commonly picked favorite character of the four rossinante crew
0: yeah <laughs> i see now i wouldn't pick one of the rossinante oh, okay. <laughs> Ross crew unless you consider drummer part of the crew and she's really not so yeah i'm not sure i uh, but but alex is certainly one of those characters that it's easy to forget him because you know he's always up in the pilot seat and uh, he he's generally not as active in the fighting like everybody else. So great choice. And as you said, great description of why uh, you like them.
1: Yeah, exactly. If you, if you could win on that alone, (laughs) you would have won anyway. So congratulations to Andrew. I'm going to go ahead and click on it again to see who's our next winner. Round and round it goes. And our next winner is star Seuss. From Twitter as well. We had a huge number of people that uh, entered on Twitter compared to Facebook, which I was not expecting. But that's uh, very cool. Uh, Starsus, also known as Amanda. Amanda says she chooses Amos because he always protects those that need protecting and continues to try and improve. And Dave, the answer to my earlier question, who was the most commonly chosen uh, favorite character? It was Amos. Amos was by far the favorite. Yeah, I can see that. So congratulations, Amanda. That's our second winner. And one more. Let's go ahead and click it one last time, and then we'll get into our interview. All right. Here we go. All right. Here it goes. And our last winner is, oh, from Facebook, Carolyn Sai. All right. Yeah. Carolyn has been around with us for a while with a number of our di- different podcasts. So I'm, I'm glad we had at least one winner from Facebook. There there was only a, a, like a dozen or so entries on that part of our social media I actually got to meet Carolyn at DragonCon dragon con a number of years ago, back in our continuum days. So I'm very happy that uh, one of our long time listeners uh, got one of the prizes. Carolyn's answer to the giveaway for favorite character was though hard to choose a favorite. I am partial to Amos. He is that crazy big brother. You always want on your side. He has so many layers and it seems we learn more about him each episode. I haven't read the books, but he is definitely one of my favorites. And and this that's an interesting thing because I've read all the books. And Amos is a great character in the books, too. But Wes Chatham <laughs> takes it to another level. Uh, definitely even makes the character even better than he is in the books. So, yep, great choice. And congratulations to Amanda, Andrew, and Carolyn. We'll get those books right at you. The uh, publisher will send them direct. So they should be there within a couple weeks, hopefully in time for the holidays
0: exciting. I'll tell you what a great
1: Christmas present. Exactly. So let's go ahead and get into our interview. And this was an interesting one. I mentioned last week that I actually was originally trying to get a couple of people we haven't talked to yet, but we ended up getting a repeat of the two people we've already had on the podcast, Naren Shankar and Dominic Tipper. And they're just great people to talk to. If you want the inside scoop without spoilers, they just know how to tease out the details Uh, just so. And of course, it never hurts to have the showrunner anyway, because you can ask a lot more open-ended questions.
0: Yeah. And they pretty much know what they can tell us and what they can't. Not that the actors don't, but we have had an actor or two slip up and get back in touch with (laughs) us a few hours later. Hey, I wasn't supposed to tell you that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And of course, it was a little bit tricky because we weren't sure exactly who we were going to be talking to because they were filming for season five. And so there was a lot of activity going on. And so there were some last minute substitutions. So you may detect that Dave and I had to kind of (laughs) come up with a few of the questions on the fly. But I think we held ourselves
0: pretty well, Dave. Yeah, I, I think so as well.
1: And I'm sure plenty of you already know this, but season four of The Expanse is coming up on December 13th. But as I mentioned, Naren Shankar and Dominique Tipper spoke to us from a press day on the set of The Expanse season five, which is currently filming you may know that Naren is the showrunner and he's the kind of science nerd you really want as a genre TV writer. And he really did a lot of science talk with us in our last interview with him during season three. And you may also remember he did a lot with Farscape and the Outer Limits as well, which he spoke to us back then. And Dominique has a really special place in our heart because she was our very first interviewee when we started Sci-Fi Fidelity back in 2016. And that was when The Expanse had only aired a few episodes, so we were having to sort of get hints about her character at the time. She plays engineer extraordinaire and the only belter on the Rosinanti crew, Naomi Nagata. Now, at the time we conducted the interview, we hadn't seen any of the new episodes, but you can actually, at this point, read my spoiler-free thoughts about the first six episodes of Season 4 on the Den of Geek website. So, in the meantime, you can enjoy this Equally spoiler free chat that Dave and I had with Naren Shankar and Dominique Tipper. Well, thanks for joining us, Naren and Dominique. I know you're busy filming season five at the moment, so I appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule. How's it going so far up there in
0: Toronto?
2: It's going great, it's a really good season. Having
3: fun.
0: <laughs> now, we just got to see the trailer recently for season four and see that part of the story takes place on a new planet, which the Belter settlement calls Illus, which the Earth Corporation, seeking to lay claim to its resources, calls New Terra. So what can you tell us about this new setting for the show?
2: Well, I think for the Rosanante crew, we're we, we going there as mediators, but I think for Naomi in particular, um, you know, we very much get to see this season what it takes for a belter to change themselves and, and shows what they need to do to their body to kind of step foot on a planet or be in atmosphere. And so I think there's a lot of things riding on Naomi going to Illus, which is she wants to be there as she's the only belter perspective in the group, um, and also her own curiosity And also for her and Holden as an option. Um, So there's a lot riding on it for her personally. And then as a crew, you know, it's weird because I think the beginning of this season is the first time we really see the Rosie crew, like, very comfortable and settled and, like, not pointing fingers at each other. And the conflict for the course of season four is very much exterior for them and, they really kind of club together to work through everything as a team in a way that we've never seen before. So, um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting situation to head into for the crew that I don't think we ever really gain control of, but you know, it wouldn't be a fun season if we did.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And Naren, what are some of the uh, new characters we'll be uh, meeting with on this new planet?
3: Well, there's a bunch. I mean, we have, you know, a bunch of Belters who are refugees from Ganymede, who who are already on Illus to begin with, who are laying claim to the planet. There's Lucia, who becomes um, one of the focus characters down there. We have uh, a bunch of scientists from the Earth Corporation, RCE, which is a Royal, <laughs> royal Charter Energy, which is a... Um, the little tip of the hat that Ty and Daniel, uh, Ty Frank and Daniel Abraham, who wrote the book. CM, they uh, modeled after the East India Company. It was like at, at, a, at a certain point in history, those fucking guys. They um, <laughs> had, they had one of the largest standing armies in the world, and they would you know they were they became like sort of extensions of countries' governments, where they would go into places, kill all the locals, mm-hmm. take what they wanted, and bring it back to the homeland. And so. You've got Vern Gorman playing Murtry, and uh, he's, he's the head of security on that mission. Uh, Just so Wendy, Wendy Greenwood, who plays Elvie, the scientist, and uh, Rosa Gilmore, who plays uh, Lucia.
2: Just so clever.
3: Yeah, playing um,
2: Wei. Chandra
3: Wei. Um, so there's, there's a whole bunch of people on Ellis that our guys get involved with, and uh, that's only the story on Ellis. You've got plenty going back on Earth and, <laughs> and Mars and, and the belt as well.
4: For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.
0: Now, over the seasons, the audience has come to expect certain aspects of different characters to appear each season, such as Alex piloting in a dogfight, Naomi pulling out some MacGyver-like engineering skills. So uh, can you speak to whether or not we're going to have moments like that in season four to look forward to?
3: Oh
2: there's a whole heap of that going on I mean that's the great thing about season 4 like even with the introduction of all the new characters, their arcs kind of play into all the characters that we know and love arcs in a way that just keeps kind of adding to the richness of the characters and we definitely see um, a bunch of situations where all our favourite traits from everyone in the Rosie crew gets tested um, maybe if that's for want of a better word um, and, and we get to see them there's so much that happens on it that continuously happens so yeah we definitely get to see all that but also some new stuff as well well I mean look it wouldn't
3: be the expanse if you didn't have you know uh, <laughs> certain kinds of scenes but you think we got Three different ships, an Earth ship, a belter ship, and the Rosananti in orbit around it, mm-hmm. an alien planet with machines that were created by the proto-molecule mm-hmm. that are slowly coming to life. Yeah. Surely, what, what bad things could happen with that? Hey, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> so, yes, there are, there are plenty of opportunities for showcasing, I think, the elements that the expanses has come to um, be known for.
1: Now, Holden, speaking of the protomolecule, the Holden is presumably still in touch with the Miller aspect of the protomolecule. Has, has the crew come to accept this aspect of their captain, not to mention the vision he had before the <laughs> gates opened, or are they still a bit skeptical?
2: No, I think um, we've all very much accepted it, which is weird, especially for like Naomi and Holden, because there's just this like weird ghost third will in their relationship that comes and makes an appearance in the middle of the night when they're sleeping and stuff
3: so go ahead we're we're probably going to tell the same story it's like because there's a moment in in the second episode where Holden is talking to Miller and Naomi's asleep in the cabin and the line we had written was Naomi wakes up and she sees Holden there and in the script it says Naomi says what did Miller say and Dom was insistent she said she said we know who he is. it's he just him. him. <laughs> it's just him by now. What did he say? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> it's been going on for eight months. This guy shows up, and it's not like Holden has control over it. He shows up no. when he wants to show up. So it's um, that was actually. So we're
2: all very accepting of it now.
3: Yeah, it's, it's the way it is, man. Familiar. <laughs> yeah.
0: Now I noticed that backstory isn't a huge part of the expanse, but we have gotten to see some things like Holden's family back on Earth. Alex's family on Mars is there going to be some time to get into some of that in season four or is there just simply too much going on with Ellis to address those kinds of character moments
2: um we don't um dive into it while
3: we're on Ellis no well we can answer that question in the in in there's a way to answer that question. Um yeah, maybe we we, <laughs> we do get into backstories. Um and some very interesting backstories, but I think it's uh, Naomi's there's, there's there's a lot of Naomi's past that comes up uh in the course of season 4. Um there are people from Naomi's past. I mean, you're going to see them. It's like she we see Marco, the person that she was involved in that we've been talking about for some time. It's like you get a lot of interesting insights into that. That's one of the big actual reveals of the season.
1: Now did you guys get to film more on location rather than just on set for the outdoor shots on Illis?
2: Yes we did. It was awful and cold and we were in a quarry just outside of Toronto freezing our asses off.
3: It was a pretty rough location. It was.
2: But luckily I was one of the people who wasn't there for as long as like
3: Stephen and Steven West. West. Yeah. <laughs> So,
2: um, which was probably better for everyone, to be honest. I'm not very good at being cold. I'm currently wrapped in a duvet
3: <laughs> in, a, in a hotel room. Um, yeah, in a hotel room. <laughs> so
2: it was it was a bit brutal in that way, but interesting. Like good for the show. It looks great in the season, but not necessarily great for our souls.
3: Yeah when when you see when you see the uh, even the first episode of season four, it, it's a beautiful location. It's it's very much we were looking for something. Like a desolate frontier, and it's, it's uh, we shot it in an active quarry, and we used um, a lot of drone photography to get the vistas, and it, it's really quite striking. Uh, and, and what you're seeing in there is actually we did virtually nothing in terms of, like, visual effects cleanup um, or changing it. That's, that's the way it looks. It looks alien as hell.
0: Now, speaking of changes, I'm sure you've kept a lot of the same cast and crew and writers when you switched networks, but will we notice a shift in tone, or presentation, or scale now that the expanse is on Amazon?
3: Um, there's a couple of things that are you, you will notice, which are um, the show's going to be in uh, HDR this year, which is uh, oh. which looks incredible. You know, we uh, we shot the stuff in Illus in um, in widescreen, two three nine to one, and uh, anamorphic. So it, it has this beautiful sort of, you know, look of like the old Panavision Western. Very
2: filming. Yeah, quality. very filmic yeah.
3: quality. And we mix those two different aspect ratios in the episodes, and it's a, it's a beautiful look. And, you know, on Amazon, you don't have to worry about content or nudity or language restrictions anymore. It's sexier, it's, it's darker, it's <laughs>
2: swearier.
3: It's right. Really, it, it's, and we don't have to shove every episode into a 43-minute box. It's like some of the episodes are longer; they can breathe, um, and I think it's it's really a great, it's a great thing about being on Amazon.
1: Now, I just want to mention I, I have a a soft spot in my heart for this show because Dominique was our very first interview on this podcast back in 2016 when season one first started. I was, and Naren, we spoke to you in season three as well, so. Uh, we, we kind of got a chance (laughs) to nerd out on some of the science and
3: Uh, uh, (laughs) things like that. You You guys were, you guys were supporters way, way, way early. So
1: yeah, I've I've written all the reviews going back to season one. So I, I really, and read all the books. So I'm, I'm hardcore. But,
3: uh, By the way, those are great reviews. They're really, really, they're like we would like when we do the live tweets, we would go right over on Dennis Geek and it's like, God damn, they got all the, they got it all. <laughs> it's like, but like all that stuff that we go, are we being too subtle? It's, like, it's like, you guys got the details. That was really cool.
0: Oh, that's great to hear. I appreciate it. All right, and one final question for Naren. I mean, we know you like to get deep with the science on this show, and we love that about The Expanse. So did you have a chance to do more things with gravity or perhaps protomolecule tech in Season 4?
3: Um, there's lots of cool science going on on, on Illus. It's, it's, you know, the, the protomolecule kind of does what it wants, um, But, but you've got three... Ships in orbit around uh, around Illus. You've got the Rossi, the Barba Pickle, this old crappy Belter freighter, and this um, Edward the Edward Israel, the um, the science ship from RCE. There's a lot of things that could happen with those ships when they get into orbit, and you've got the Proto Molecule fiddling around with physics. So um, <laughs> so there is a lot of good stuff coming in that respect in season four.
1: All right. Well, that's great to hear. Well, thanks so much for talking to us today, guys. We really appreciate it.
3: And and can't wait till you see the season. I hope you're really going to like it. It's pretty
1: cool stuff. Yeah. All right. That was a great interview. I was so surprised to find that Naren Shankar actually reads the reviews. I think we've had this a few times. Like you had it with Neil Labute for Van Helsing. It's just always a shock to not only be read by some of the writers of the shows we talk about and review, but actually appreciate it as well.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And and especially when they post comments at the bottom of the review, it's, it's a bit intimidating. I must say. Uh, That's for sure. But yeah, it was great to talk to them. They were being a little bit
1: cagey there, but uh, I think they did a good job of teasing out some of the details. I was really surprised to hear. We're going to be seeing the character of Marco in season four. That was a really cool little detail. They dropped in there. But we've got actually a discussion topic coming up next, Dave. What do we got next week that the listeners can participate in?
0: All right. Well, if you've been listening to us for any amount of time, you know that when we cover a show, we only look at the first two episodes. So what we're going to talk about next week are shows that we watched the first two, took our notes, did our discussion and just couldn't stop and ended up binging the entire series. So that should be a lot of fun talking about shows we broke our two-episode rule for.
1: Yeah, in some cases broke the two-episode rule even during the discussion or before the discussion. But yeah, these are shows that we came back and just binged even though we were busy and had to really move on to the next show topic in our podcast. We we enjoyed it enough. And in fact, the listener involvement with this one is going to be, shows that you were exposed to brand new by the podcast by our two episode discussion, but then you went on and binged the whole thing. So you'll see that discussion pop up on Facebook. uh, So the listeners can contribute which ones they really got hooked by as well. But that's next week on the podcast. That's going to be it for this interview edition of Sci-Fi Fidelity. Keep the discussion going on social media. You can follow Den of Geek on Twitter and Facebook at Den of Geek US and we are at Sci-Fi Fidelity.
0: And in the meantime, we'd love it if you could rate and review this podcast wherever you access it. And be sure to send us your suggestions for future topics on social media or in an email to sci-fi fidelity at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.